Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Path. <laughs> hey everybody, Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast. Thank you for listening. Today is Wednesday, so I'm doing my Hump Day Bloggerama. So this is a weekly series where I uh, talk about stuff I saw on various RPG blogs that uh, was of interest to me and that uh, might be of interest to you. So I'm... Uh, a blog junkie, you could say. Um, if you didn't check out last week's episode, that's uh, Frothcast number eight there that you can check out. And let's go ahead and get started. So um, last week I started with um, a map, so a couple of mappers that uh, I wanted to point out. And I want to do the same this week. Oh my gosh, y'all. Sick map with a downloadable uh, PDF. If you like like the old TSR UK Imagine Magazine, Pelinor stuff, or um, even stuff similar to that Warhammer Fantasy roleplay first edition maps, you know, where you see, uh, you get like a side perspective and then the, um, you know, the bird's eye view, you know, the multiple perspective maps. This guy over at CryptoCartographer.net it's just like it sounds, C-R-Y-P-T-O, cartographer.net, over at his blog section. He's got this uh, map, Wickery Tower. I don't know much about, you know, I think the map's much better than that title, but um, you download the PDF of this thing, and it's got um, a player ver- version, it's got a keyed version, and this thing is uh, really nice. I, I'm a, such a map freak. Like I, I, I download maps constantly. I've got, you know, there's a, a German word, I guess, for people with books that they're never going to read. And uh, I'm the same way with maps. I'm never going to use. I have so many. I, I try to have something for, you know, mountains, deserts, space games, uh, historical games, whatever. And uh, this is a. This is a really great map. You guys, if you if you only listen to one thing I say today, go over to CryptoCartographer.net and download that PDF of Wickery Tower. Something else I wanted to mention, I hadn't looked at it in a while, uh, but this guy Michael Bukowski over at Yogblogsoft.blogspot.com. That's like a play on the Lovecraft stuff, so it's Y-O-G dash blog soth as you know blog s-o-t-h he's been at it for years now um he started just uh you know doing monster illustrations of all of the different creatures from lovecraft stories and then uh, after he'd covered every single one of those he broke into uh different other you know mythos cthulhu mythos writers and now he's doing some writers, honestly, that I haven't ever heard of, or you know, uh, but I, that I'd love to check out based on you know that I'm hearing about now, based on uh, what he's doing. Um, anyway, if you like cool monster drawings, this guy's got a really distinctive style, and um, he posts you know several times a week. I don't know how this guy does it, but um, anyway, look back if you're into Cthulhu, Lovecraft stuff, check through his uh, Cthulhu drawings and then look at some of his other stuff. If you're like me and you look at it, it might uh, certainly get you interested in maybe some of these other writers. Uh, Really cool stuff. Glad I checked that out because I hadn't looked at it in a minute. 
Let's see, moving along. Oh, here's something else that was cool. You know, every once in a while you'll see on the internet something will get posted about, you know, these old books, rare books, but you can still use them for, um, for stuff with gaming. And so it'll be things like, you know, pseudoscientific stuff where like a explorer saw a hippopotamus one day you know or on a travel and comes back and he's trying to draw the hippo from memory or these old grimoires or you know mythical creatures and stuff so someone had posted this this isn't super new this was posted on the 15th of october of last year but over on the smithsonianmag.com if you look under the smart news and search around there's a article called rare book library summons tales of world's oldest monsters and it's got some cool images from these old books these old monster images unicorns um sea monsters stuff like that uh yeah like it's got a image of um what they consider to be like a manatee it looks more like a dragon but anyway, like I said, that didn't just come out this month or, or this week or anything, but um, if you go over to smithsonian.com and search for that uh, world Tales of World's Oldest Monsters, you should be able to find it. <clears throat> it's pretty cool, especially if you like using uh, historical, you know, old-school woodcut-looking art in your games for inspiration or um, that kind of thing. just wanted to mention that. It's not really gaming-related per se, but... Whenever I see something like that, an old book or old, old woodcut drawings like that, I try to download it if it's available. Alright. Alright, so if you're a Greyhawk junkie, over at growdog.blogspot.com, that's G-R-O-D-O-G.blogspot.com, um, he's got an <coughs> interesting article up. Um, he's been working on... You know, if you've ever seen like these kind of cross-reference charts of distances between cities, you know, uh, you see them in some games or just just for in real life. He's been working on one for a while of the Flanais doing uh, distances in Greyhawk, and um, it's kind of how he's been working on that and kind of a behind the scenes and people he's been working on it with. So if you like Greyhawk, <clears throat> that'll be a really cool tool <clears throat> uh, when it's completed. And so if you're really into Greyhawk, that might be something you want to take a look at. I, I found it very interesting. All right, so something that's been coming out over the last few weeks, you, you might remember if you're into OSR games, you probably saw this survey that came out um, uh, about different attitudes towards OSR stuff and, and all that kind of thing. Um, and... Over at the Necropraxis, N-E-C-R-O-P-R-A-X-I-S.com, over at the Necropraxis blog, um, he's been putting out uh, the survey results, and he's done something really smart. Instead of throwing it all out at once, um, there's been uh, six now uh, different blog posts discussing different breaking down different parts of the data so <clears throat> if you're an osr fan I, I found this stuff a little bit fascinating you know it kind of like more people think that maze rats is osr than classic traveler but then you realize that 
you know, everybody's just got their own opinion. I, some people, I guess, don't consider classic games to actually be a OSR games, whereas I, I do myself. But uh, anyway, um, it's got stuff about what people are playing and, you know, and, and the links to the other survey things. So if you want to kind of dive in and see where you fall on the uh, spectrum with everybody else as far as your attitudes towards it, it's interesting reading, um, I, felt, I felt like. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, something that made me laugh. Over at save versus poison.blogspot.com. That's just save vs poison.blogspot.com. Uh, this guy DM Weig, uh, I don't know him personally or anything, but he, he put up a post that just made me laugh. It's the, the scent of second edition. Um, he seems to recall that the brand new AD&D second edition books had a certain smell to them. And What's weird is that's true. Like not the revised second edition ones that came out a few years, but after, but the first ones where it's kind of like the blue on white interiors, basically. They did have a smell to them, and I was laughing because I knew exactly what this guy was talk talking about. I wondered if any of y'all recall the scent of second edition, just those those core core books. But anyway, I guess it was probably the glue or something, but. It was just something that amused me. Let's see. Okay, yeah, so something I wanted to spend a little bit more time talking about. I, I believe it was on uh, Old Man Grognard's podcast. He had mentioned something on one of his recent podcasts about different leveling systems. And then I was started to see several different discussions popping up about it on blogs. Uh, just, you know, coincidentally or... Uh, whatever, uh, one over at Bo uh, Bogeyman's Cave, and so it's, it's like, I guess, Boogeyman's, but it's not two, two O's, it's B-O-G-E-Y-M-A-N-S-C-A-V-E dot blogspot dot com, maybe that is how you would spell Boogeyman, I uh, maybe a double O kind of Boogeyman guy, anyway, he posted up my unwarranted opinions of leveling systems. And he really dogs on whatever. He doesn't like XP for combat. Says it's dumb. It sucks. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and talks about various things. XP for exploration, for gold, milestone leveling. Blah, blah, blah. And then he really likes what Maze Rats is doing. Where you're getting experience just for showing up to the game. And overcoming challenges. So, anyway, look. I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody that it's a totally up to you what how you want to do the leveling uh, I'm more of a meat and potatoes kind of guy I like XP for you know defeating monsters as well as gold and I use the uh, the XP tables from the 1e DMG and I use that no matter what system I'm playing and I use those as the XP values all I would say is that you know I've got I've been in sales for a long time and I can kind of look at XP systems is almost being like, you know, your sales bonus or something. You know, whatever you incentivize there is kind of what you're going to get. So I would just tell people to be deliberate when they choose how they want to do their XP system. You know, for example, some people do want to do XP for spending gold. And I think that's something that just like appeals to a lot of people, but they maybe don't think about how that ends up in play. You know, you might end up with, you know, lots of long shopping adventures, which I've talked about before, are not my favorite thing to do, or um, 
you know, you might just end up with lots of role playing in town, spending money, which is great if that's what you want to do, but it might just be, on the other hand, be an unexpected consequence of how you set your leveling system. As far as just giving out a bonus XP for showing up, I don't give XP to anybody that doesn't show up. So there's you never you never get XP if you don't show up. So giving a bonus for showing up makes no sense to me. However, maybe if you're having trouble with people showing up and you want to phrase it like there's bonus XP for showing up, maybe just by phrasing it a different way, maybe that'll make them want to show up. I don't know. But does anybody give XP for not showing up to the game? I've never heard of that before. You know, I mean... Does anybody get XP for not being there? That never makes sense when people put it up there. Anyway, you know, things like um, leveling after a certain number of sessions or, um, you know, milestones, you know, they use that in 5e and some things. And I think that makes sense if you're, if you're really wanting to run a game maybe that's not heavily combat oriented or whatever. Uh, you can also, thinking of it um, as, you know, helping to control your player's behavior in some sense or influence their behavior in a way you want it to. Uh, sometimes I will give an XP bonus for um, players to write session recaps and their um, character's perspective just because that's something I like enjoy reading. So give them a little bonus to kind of get what I want, whatever. Um, and then, you know, so I had looked at that. I didn't really love the guy's tone, but, you know, this is somebody's opinion. But over at Bardishas and Bathhouses, that's uh, B-A-R-D-I-C-H-E-S and bathhouses.blogspot.com. He just kind of coincidentally put up a non-combat XP awards post uh, just yesterday where um, he talks about want, liking a more granular system instead of milestone leveling. And he puts up, um, and I, if you don't love bookkeeping, you're not going to love this, but... It was still an interesting perspective, I thought, um, on providing XP rewards for alternate kind of things, like um, like do, being able to make you know influence to town or finding people you're searching for, learning information, um, th this kind of thing, outwitting creatures. Uh, he's got some stuff tied to. Uh, wilderness survival XP based on how long you're surviving, how many days and everything. So not something I would use, but uh, it's, an, it's still an interesting system, something interesting to comp contemplate if you're thinking of alternate XP systems. So you can go over to Bardishas and bathhouses.blogspot.com and check that out. So let's see what else I was looking at. Oh, this was cool. Over at Thule's Paradise, T-H-O-U-L-S, paradise.blogspot.com. This guy's been doing a series on um, Star Frontiers, which is something that I never played, but I want to. I found like the uh, part of the basic, part of the original set, just the basic book which is enough to run a game uh, by itself. just doesn't have the extra doodads and everything, but found that for like a dollar one time. And then uh, someone else had, had kept the Star Frontiers stuff alive and had done a couple of reprints on Lulu, but there's some weird story that happened. I guess like the people that make Fate, I guess Evil Hat was going to try to 
like the, the the name Star Frontiers or was was going to expire like TSR between TSR and Wizards no, nothing had touched it for long enough to where it was going to expire but then once they made the move to do that uh, Wizards you know started putting the stuff out on drive through to you know keep the rights um, anyway so that kind of killed what the one guy was doing with it but for years he just been doing his own stuff with it i guess he put out uh frontier space recently i'll have to look up that guy's name but he looked for frontier space that's uh, that's his game but that's not who does this blog i don't think but uh anyway i digress he put up he's breaking down different rules from um star frontiers and kind of easy to digest segments and with a little commentary and stuff so if you're like me and you're kind of you know you you're going to play it one day you just haven't got around to it, it it's a good read it's interesting um the last several uh posts on his blog have been all star frontiers related so hey if you're listening to this and you played star frontiers and you got any stories or any kind of comments or whatever i'd love to hear it um but anyway i thought that was cool something i've been reading and it's kind of just now I got in the back of my mind, damn, I still got a long time in my campaign, but I got to get to the Star Frontier sometime. Um, something useful I saw over at DwarvenAutomata.com. That's D-W-A-R-V-E-N-A-U-T-O-M-A-T-A.com. DwarvenAutomata.com. Put up a time tracking sheet. He references uh, Richard LeBlanc from New Big Dragon Games, who makes some of the best OSR stuff there is. Um, he did the like BX screen uh, Kickstarter a while back. It's incredible, absolutely incredible. And uh, does the D30 books, D30 sandbox companion and all that. Um, so he, he's definitely one of the unsung talents of the osr but he, he mentions richard leblanc's osr time tracking tool which is what i actually use in my game it's real handy it's like pie charts and you can track off when torches are going bad or turns it's just a way to track turns for me more than anything but he kind of made an expanded one a pdf and it's for the ad and d first edition rules so you'll see some stuff that's kind of particular to that i guess um, like I think it does stuff with segments and, or you can use it for segments. Some of the rules you might not use, but it's still, you can print off a few of these and use it for your session to track. If you, you know, some people don't even bother tracking, you know, resting every six, one turn out every six or turns based on, you know, searching rooms and everything. You might not care that much about time tracking in your game but if you do and you want something handy that's really easy and kind of laid out like that Richard LeBlanc deal but it's a little bit more detailed you go over to dwarvenautomata.com and look at that time tracker free PDF up there finally um, I was yeah I was looking at this guy Dungeon Liar dungeonliar.blogspot.com he put up a post called Death but Make It Spooky he says that he's in the process of putting together a player's guide for his spooky forest game and wanted to write some fun death rules. And uh, so he does this thing where you can, you might hear a phone ringing in the background, where if your body can't be retrieved, you die, your body can't re be retrieved, your spirit can hold on at a price. You return to life whole of body and unsound of mind. And so you're cursed. So you can come back to life in the woods, right? These creepy woods. 
but then you have this curse table. So, um, and it's like, it's not something exactly I would use, but what I thought was cool about it is coming up with a specific weird death rule for your own campaign. And so, you know, we all know about different undead, wherever kill you, you rise that undead. And there's, so there's a little bit kind of an influence of that you can feel, but it just made me think uh, it was kind of a cool idea. Like if you're playing something in these uh, spooky woods that you're, you come back, but, um, you, you can't leave the woods, you know, you're almost haunt the woods. Uh, but it's a way to, you know, keep the game going or keep your character going, uh, role play it out. So it just made me think about, you know, hmm. I, I generally use the kind of the same death rules, no matter, you know, where, where the campaign's set, but it was just an idea maybe down the line. Uh, if I'm playing something and it fits the flavor, maybe you come up with your own, you know, come up with a different twist on death. So it was just a cool idea. Thought I'd give the guy a shout out. Uh, it's a, he's got a funny little description for his blog too. Dungeon Liar featuring D&D 5e, OSR, and magical cod pieces. So there you have it. All right. Well, that's kind of what I saw around, you know, that, that caught my eye that uh, I wanted to share with you guys this week. So some cool stuff. Uh, you definitely want to go check out that map I mentioned first and uh, a lot of this other stuff. You know, I just it's just another way to support bloggers, people putting their stuff out. Um, and speaking of that, I do always want to mention that uh, Dreams of Mythic Fantasy uh, blog. Uh, what uh, James is doing over there is killer. If you want something really comprehensive, you're really into OSR games, you can go over there and check that out. He puts up a weekly post that really details the releases that came out, Kickstarters, blogs, this, that, and the other, you know, and, and uh, spends a lot of time on it. So he's got a Patreon up if you want to check that out. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope maybe, uh, you know, pointed some stuff your way that maybe you didn't see. If you've got any thoughts on anything I talked about, send me a, a voicemail on here, you know, if you want. If you've got strong opinions on leveling systems, you've come up with alternate death mechanics, if you're into Star Frontiers, any stuff like that, I'd love to hear it. And, um, yeah, so thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of the week.